Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. whatever word you're comfortable using, just saying thank you. Thank you that I got up this morning and have breath. Thank you that I'm able to get on this show and listen or participate or be the host or co-host of the show today. I want to welcome you all and thank you all for being here this morning. I also want to welcome... Sarah, she's here with me this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to everybody. Hi, uh, I'm having difficulty hearing you, Bob. Uh-oh, is the music too loud? No, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I had a little bit of a problem even getting you on air. It was telling me to stop. I'm actually going to stop the music. And can you hear me better now? Yes, I can. I could hear you over the music. Am I echoing? No. Perfect, then we're set. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Today's message, or today's topic, was going to be compassion. And before we get started, we wanted to do, do a little house, some housekeeping items, and I'll let Mara do that this morning, and then we'll get into our quotes of the day and our breathing exercise and to our topic and into a group meditation. Okay, thank you. Here's what we want to do or we're ask of each of you, and I, I'm going to try not to echo, and it doesn't seem there's anything I can do to not. So forgive me if I'm hesitant. I'm just going to ignore myself. Here's what we would like. If you could please, if you like this program, rate it for us. Rate it wherever you want it to. And give us comments so that we can grow. If you like it enough, recommend it to your friends. We believe that this message of self-love is long needed. And we appreciate any effort on your part to get the message out. Finally, I want to be sure that all of you know, if you want to have a copy of Unique Club, Uniquely Create, Finally Inspired You, that what I need you to do is send me an email at firm. Dot com, and in the subject line, put uniquely me. And I will send you an e-copy of the book. The difference between the e-copy and one you would purchase is that the e-copy is not going to have fancy paper unless you put it in, and it's not going to have a little spiral bind unless you put one on. But it's the same words. And every Tuesday and Thursday, when the we same beautiful do, pictures. Yes. But the same beautiful pictures. Every Tuesday and Thursday, when we do the program, I cut and paste picture and the passage. Now, Bob, 
with that, I'm going to call back in and see if I can get a better line. Okay. That sounds All right. good. Namaste, my friends. I'll be back. Okay, friends. I'm going to hold off on the quotes for that we were going to have this morning. No, I'm not going to, actually. I'll, I'll do one that I think is, to me, it kind of hit me yesterday as I read this. And this is from Confucius, actually. And it's from the Analects of Confucius, book 2, uh, verse 15, if you will. But before I read that passage, before I read that passage, I was just letting Mara back on the line. Before, Hi. I wanted to, there's a word in the passage, the word is think. And the, the Chinese word for, that was translated here to think is the word su, which is spelled S-S-U. And the Chinese don't, don't have the concept that, that uh, we do of thinking as being something, at least in those times, as in the head. They thought of thinking as being part of your gut, part of your belly, that you thought in your belly. Or maybe that there's multiple types of thinking and that the translation doesn't come through as well. So as I read this, kind of, kind of put the word think in a different perspective than what it is in the passage. And this is what Confucius said. He said, he who learns but does not think, remember, in the belly, is lost. He who thinks but does not learn is in great danger. I find that very interesting, very, very much something to ponder for the net for the week. I, is what I'm going to do with it. What it speaks to me is is that yeah, we can think about something, but until we really take it on and we really get it down in our heart and in our gut and get that intuitive answer for it. It's not going to do anything for us. And it might be more dangerous to just think about it intellectually than to feel it. Is that kind of the sense you get from that? You know, it is. It is. I I find that so often people, we all do, we all ignore our intuitions over and over again and we force situations and and then you know no no let me try one more time i think the music that our at our startup is probably a real good basic example that you and i have shared in common you know we we don't know what to do to get it softer we we just truly don't we've tried and tried and tried and uh, this morning it was actually softer but still loud and uh bob said before we tried today, he said, maybe we shouldn't. So his intuition was guiding him. And even though my intuition was there saying, yeah, he's probably right. Maybe we're just getting a signal, don't do music. Instead, I go, oh, no, no, let's try it one more time. Let's try it one more time. And it was better, but it's still not working. And so I think that maybe. And I lowered it down to point. 13, and it still wasn't, it still yeah. wasn't what we want. No. So maybe and we're not so, supposed to do music as we, and try to talk over music. The music maybe is there for everyone to enjoy and, and balance them, get them centered. Yes, Which exactly. I know for me, and, I can't center myself with someone talking to me much and listening to music. Maybe we're asking. Maybe we're asking too much. Well, it may be, because I will tell you that's one of the issues I even have on Tuesdays and Thursdays is that Although it's a guided meditation, I'm not really guiding meditation. I'm leading people up to a place where when we switch on the music and I go off the air, they're going to have that silence because you cannot have silence in your mind if someone is talking to you. Now, if we were all together in a common room, and I've been in such a room, it's beautiful, and we're holding hands and feeling the spirit of the universe before we let go to uniquely connect it's it's great, and I have the same sense that sometimes there just needs to be silence. And obviously, we're in a form forum where the formula—I don't mean to be punning here—is speaking. You don't have dead time on the radio, and so maybe we were trying a little too much, and. Um, we probably won't have introductory music. In the it kind of goes back to what one of our messages was a couple of weeks ago, was just let go. 
Let go and let love. (laughs) Let go and let God. Let go and let Allah. Let go and let Yahweh. Let go and let whatever it is, the Mother, Father, Spirit, handle it. Exactly. So we're going to turn the music at the front over to God, and until we get a strong move or somebody sends us a message on how to do it, we're not going to be having any anymore at the front end of the show. We'll have it at the end uh, because it's not working for us. And in terms, and that's a gut feeling that you get. And and so many times, I think Bob, you're right. People overlook the gut. They're intuitive sense about something. Can right, I share that... an example that <laughs> just came to mind? How sure. many times when you're in love with someone, that first blush, those first few moments of being involved in a relationship with that person, when you think, I want to call them, and so, yet something inside of you tells you not to, but you go ahead. And you Did don't you wait the three days? <laughs> yeah, you don't even wait the three days for the rules. You go ahead and you do it and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and that relationship goes nowhere. Because you're forcing it. Yeah. It you're goes back to what we talked about again a few weeks ago when we talked about manifestations and forcing forcing things. And it was the same topic, actually. You, got, you just have to turn it over, let it happen, exactly. and that's... It's hard to do. It's very hard to totally do. Totally hard to do. Totally. Even, even today, you know, I, as, you know, I kind of, I, I think I said last week, I don't usually prepare until the morning of the show, but the, last week I prepared on Saturday and part of Sunday. And this week I've been kind of preparing the whole week. And the one thing that comes to my mind on the topic of compassion is I thought, who is it that everyone thinks of when they think of compassion? And I, and I thought of, a few people, but at the top of my list was Mother Teresa. And I thought of her, and I thought of, you know, all these things that I'd seen, you know, in the recent past that are talking about, yeah, she was connected to God, but she had all of these dark moments in her life. And now they're starting to focus on all of these negative things about a woman who did so much good and brought so much love and compassion into this earth. And I thought, you know, she's human. She's human, just like you and me and all of our listeners. And, yeah, she had her moments when she didn't trust God or when she didn't feel totally connected or she didn't, or she doubted. That's because we're human. And I'm sure that she realized that. And... Yeah, you know what? I think that's a good point, Bob. I, I think that we have... I think the reason we have to bring down the saints and the idols is in order to make ourselves feel like we're enough instead of just accepting that we are enough. And I know before we begin our our little um, prayer and after you've done the breathing thing, I'm going to ask once again that we all say, I am enough. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, and yet we as a species tend to want to focus on the bad and not the good. It's a but world. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. I edited a friend's book, really good book, has a real spiritual basis to it. It's, it's amazing. It helped me understand something about race ideas and uh, religion. And, I mean, it was very, very well done. But I probably took a million butts out of it. And that friend is a bud person, and he, he, he wrote me a note, and he says, there's way too many buds in here. And I says, we're a million lighter. You know, it, it's the way of looking at life that you've developed for yourself. Instead of looking at something with positive eyes and keeping your eyes open with compassion, with a sense of sincerely looking at another person's approach to life and realizing their reason, their, excuse my French, an asshole, before, instead of doing that, we remember that there was a moment when they were less than, and we use that to keep us from treating them with compassion into the future. We do. I can't believe. Yeah, I can't believe anyone would say anything negative about Mother Teresa. 
But it doesn't matter. People are doing that about everybody. There's no one who's sacred. That's why Bob and I are here, folks, because we know we're not perfect. <laughs> but the thing is, oh, I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie about it. Ask me questions. I'll tell you. Call in. Call in. I'll tell you my imperfections. According we to talk society. to each other during the week, and that's what we usually are talking about is our imperfections. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Some them, and sometimes, you know, we we have to, or most of the time, you have to tell me how to... <laughs> How to not be, be, as you said, an asshole. And it's not even being that outwardly to people. It's how my, my own just perception and the way that I might talk about someone else, not even in front of them. So Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. we personalize everything. We do. And pretty, pretty soon it becomes all about me. And then, wow, I need, we need to show that Mother Teresa, my gosh, saint among us, was, is not enough of a person uh, because, after all, you know, uh, she really didn't do that much more than any of the rest of us. Look at all the breaks she had in life. My goodness, folks, look at all she did. <laughs> you know, hello. Yay, Mother Teresa, and yay, Bob, and yay, Mara, and yay, all of you. Every time you open your wallet and you hand some money to someone on the street or to a charity that's helping people, every time you have an act of compassion, bravo. You only get to live in this moment, and if we all get tangled up in how we weren't perfect before, we're never going to fully embrace this moment. And that's what we need to do. We need to always embrace the moment, live in the moment, and stop. It's just judgment. Stop judging people. It's just the fundamental basis of, in my mind, of what Christianity or religion is, is Judge not lest you be judged, and love thy neighbor as thyself. If there's two things in, for anyone to take, and you can't, just because it's from the Bible, say that it's not in every other written text in different words, that's just the foundation of it. Absolutely. How would I feel if I was that person in that place at that time? Most of us, yep. you know, have this standard of ourselves. well, I wouldn't expect any more BS. I'm not in a cussing mood today. I, I really am not, but that's what it is. It's pure dung. That's it, It's just pure dung, refuse thinking. The reality is, if I was a person who was living on the street, it doesn't matter how I got there. That's what people think. Oh, wow, the person got there. You know, we got to judge that. No, I'm there. It was cold here last night. I live in Sacramento, California. Bob lives in Austin, Texas. Was it cold in Austin last night, Bob? It was chilly last night. We had a lot of rain and a cold front come through, but this morning it's beautiful. The sun is shining, and it's going to be a beautiful. Same here. So, Little Orphan Annie, the sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So here we are. I'm living on the street in Sacramento last night. I'm cold. I'm really, really cold. Now, if I walk by somebody and they say to me, can you give me uh, a few bucks so I can buy a blanket? The question I ask myself is, if I were living on the street tonight, would I be so cold I would need a blanket? Yes. But do you know what most people do? They go through an internal analysis of, well, the person may go and buy alcohol, and they may go and buy this, and they may go and do this. And so pretty soon you talk yourself out of compassion. You don't live in the moment. That's not living in the moment, not saying, okay, this person is here. Putting yourself into that, into their shoes. And saying, you know what, maybe the alcohol is going to keep them warmer than a blanket because if they don't have that alcohol, unfortunately a devastating disease that that's out there that we, you know, they may end up sicker than they would without the blanket if they don't have the alcohol because they have that disease. So who are we to judge them that they might buy alcohol or they might, you know, maybe they're going to go buy a hamburger with it and have a chance yeah. to decide somewhere to have a hamburger and become warm. 
sit inside. You know where I live, Bob. There's a lot of places down there that during the early morning hours are just full of people who live on the street. And I say namaste to the owners. Namaste that they invite these people in. They don't force them to get out of the booth and move on. Now, there may come a time in the morning when they ask them to go outdoors, but they let them sit in there with their single cup of coffee and maybe a solid, an order of French fries between four of them and stay. That's yep. compassion, folks. Isn't that compassion, don't you think, Bob? Oh, that's definitely compassion. They've, they've not analyzed what, for me anyway, it's doing that, if you're doing that analysis to talk yourself out of it, you're not being compassionate. You're not yeah. thinking with your gut, as Confucius said. Perfect. Perfect. You're putting that, right. wow, this rolled in real well together, huh? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> the, the thing is, you know, I, let's, let's, do our, let's do our breathing exercise or we're never going to get to it, I don't think. All right. Sounds like a deal. Go for it, Okay. I wanted to try something a little different this morning for our breathing exercise because, for me, I have to get centered before I can start to meditate or to breathe, and I need to center myself. And I'm going to take a little exercise that I found in a book that's called How to Pray Without Being Religious. It's by a lady named Janelle Moon. I found it to be – I bought this book, interestingly enough, about a year ago. And I've never really read it. I pick it up and I put it by my bed to read it. I pick it up, I put it in a chair where I know I read at. And I've just never opened the book. And I always know where it's going to be in my guest bedroom on the dresser. Not because we're making our guests pray or because we're asking our guests to not be religious and pray without religion, but more because the jacket cover matches uh, the comforter. But (laughs) I love it. I was drawn to this book yesterday, and I knew where to get it. I didn't have to dig through the closet to find it. And I picked it up and sat down reading yesterday, and and there was an exercise in this book that I really thought was great for centering ourselves. So today I just want to read this exercise. And she actually says that if you have a tape recorder or a CD burner, to record it, play it back with your eyes closed, and let the words wash over you. So I'll be putting it out here on the Internet on Blog Talk Radio where you can come back and listen at any time. Perfect. And so here's how it goes. It says, there is a seed in you that is your center. It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart, in the deepest place of your being, where love is never ending. It is the place where love can find protection. Love can find its root. Love can find its wings to grow. This is your center. This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in you which matter. From your heart, you are centered. You are a green, growing place of love. Love starts with you and shines its face on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. You are centered. You are love. You are centered in the wonder of love. And with that, let's. The, the front of the book jacket is a boat, and the boat is looking out on a still lake or pond with bright blue sky. Looks like a Santa Fe sky with clouds and a little bit of orange and red there. So just picture yourself either sitting in a boat on a still pond or sitting at the edge of a still pond and take a deep breath and bring that breath up through your feet and just pull that breath up, 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 up through into your lungs until you can feel that air ready to come out the top of your shoulders. And with that, let's exhale we want to ex- as we exhale, let's think of all the negative things that we want out of our body, all of the toxins, all the poisons, all of the poisonous thoughts, all the negative thoughts that we've had the last week. Let's just blow those out. As you blow out 
Exhale all of the air. Get all of the stale air out of your lungs. Push all of that air out. And as you take your next two breaths, think of peace. Think of your faith. Think of your faith moving mountains. Think of that balance that you want to find in your life, the fine balance of love and peace and contentment that we all deserve because we are all equal. We are all love. Take those deep breaths in, filling those lungs, filling those lungs, and think of love. And exhale all of the, all the dirt, all the negative things out of your body. Exhale all of it out. Get all of the air sacs out of, the back, out of your lungs. The, again, as you breathe, think of the positive energy that's flowing into your body with that breath. Look out over that serene lake and think of how that lake is water and how it's connected to you and how you're connected to it. As I'm going to leave you for just a few seconds here with a little music while you breathe. Such a beautiful, beautiful piece that by Enel, it's called Be Still Thy Soul. And it just asks you to dream, to sit, relax, dream, and see those dreams manifest. And now if you could reach your arm out, your left arm out, as though you're touching the hand of the people who are listening to this program now and who come to us later, holding and feeling the energy the energy of love that we are sending around the planet. And then reach your right arm out and hold the hand as we circle this planet in love. And take three, continuing your breathing. This time, with your breath, think, I am enough. And pull the energy of that realization through your body, feeling your body sparkle with the knowledge that you are part of love, that you are a divine being here to show love, and that sometimes you may step aside and it's okay. You are enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Now with our hands outstretched, linked with everyone in all that is, Let us send healing, loving thoughts to all. 
those who are lovable and those who are not. Let us step past our judgment of worthiness and love others. Let us step past our judgments of lovable and love. We are one with all. Let's say om together and then we will move forward with our discussion of compassion. Lao Tzu, who is the, who is, it's believed that he is the, you know, the author of the Tao Te Ching, he is quoted as having said that being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. He was a, a Chinese Taoist philosopher in uh, 600 um, BC, and to me that tiny little bit there is so much about compassion that it does take courage to be compassionate. It's easy to deeply love, to be loved by someone else, and it gives you strength, yes. But wow, you do have to have courage to deeply love someone else. Oh, Bob, that is so true. Don't you see that in your daily life? So friends, call in, tell us if you see it. But I am in kind of a, people consider me almost schizophrenic because I'm a lawyer, which is a very tough profession, and then I believe in love. And I cannot tell you how much time it takes some people to see that I am real. They believe that my looking for something positive to say, that my paying attention to the people around me, that my sensitivity to people, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, believe me, there are times when I'm not, but because I'm human, we're, we're just human, but that my doing that is fake. And that I'm really, you know, I'm just being a fake person. In fact, I was interviewing a person the other day, and I was so taken back, I didn't quite know what to say. She says, I'm not one of those fakey people who just say nice things for the sake of saying them. And so that was wrong. It takes courage to be different in this world. It and I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying, hey, look at me. I just know for anyone who's kind, I try to embrace that person no matter what stance in life, what place in life they are, because I know it is so much easier in our society to not be kind or to just not be. That's right. I had a, a situation this week with, with at work. We were running a promotion for Valentine's Day. And the promotion involved um, if you were to purchase a service or a service from us, so when we would, and you placed your order on Valentine's Day, we would send you a box of, um, make sure I don't say the name, of chocolates. So the promotion went very, <laughs> very well. Phenomenal. It did phenomenal. Just, I mean. <laughs> Incredible, five times better than it did last year when we offered a gift certificate. But we received an email from someone, and this person in the email said, you know, I've taught myself everything. I work in an organization that doesn't have a lot of money to spend on, on the products and services that you offer. I am a customer, and I think because and she listed out some reasons why she should get a box of chocolate for free. And then she went on to say that it had been 10 years since she'd gotten anything for Valentine's Day from anyone, and on and on. And it, 
at first, people in the office were saying, oh, it's a joke. Somebody's just joking with us. Or they said, oh, she's a scammer, and, you know, she's going to end up on Oprah and, and with Dr. Phil talking about how she's able to scam people out of free things, <laughs> just all kinds of accusations. And here I am crying <laughs> for her. <laughs> and, and I... And, you know, and I, I kind of got into, I laughed at first, but then someone sent an email saying, you know, oh, this is so funny, da-da-da, and I wrote back and I said, you know, we should send her two boxes of chocolate because it really took courage for her to write that email. And last night as I sat meditating I, uh, and thinking about compassion, I really, and, and I think this is what compassion is, at least for me, or a way to build your practice of compassion because it's really a practice. I don't think you're just born with compassion. You have to practice it. Is I just sat there and I thought, you know, this. I don't know how old she is. I don't know. You know, Maybe she lost her husband 10 years ago and, you know, she's there. I, I don't know the reason, but I tried to think of different reasons why maybe she didn't get something for Valentine's Day or tried to put myself in her shoes, and I, I, I really felt that, you know, she had so much courage to send that and ask, and if I even have to go buy the chocolate myself and have them send it to her, I will, but you have to try to put yourself in their shoes and feel what they're feeling, and I think maybe that's empathy, but I think yeah. empathy is part of compassion. I think so, too, and I think another component of passion is we were talking about this word earlier, and I couldn't understand why altruism came in my mind, not on the program, folks. We talked before the program, and now I realize, really, altruism is, is acting without self-interest. I mean, not, not, not caring about yourself, but acting without an expectation of something in return. And to me, that's a component of compassion. And, and you know, you, you, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there in that everyone thought that she had some underlying motive and was trying to scam us out of a box of chocolate, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, when, when really it was kind of a, a cry to say, you know, her, her moment of pain and she just happened to send it. Why? I'm not sure. Maybe so that I could feel and, and be more compassionate, to be a more compassionate person. Yeah, and you know what, folks? <laughs> Bottom line, if she gets the candy and it was a joke, shame on her. Shame That's right. on her. But why deny our acts of compassion? Why deny someone the benefit? Why deny ourselves the joy? of reaching out to another person in love without expectation of anything back. Even if they had an expectation, if you don't have an expectation back, that's, that's what compassion is. You, you know, yeah. you may have, don't have an expectation when you give the money to someone on the street corner thinking that they're going to go buy a blanket or they're going to go buy food. That's, yeah. that's your expectation, not theirs. And, exactly. the, and there are no expectations and compassion. That's exactly right. I agree, and that's a perfect example. That, that truly is a perfect example in my mind. We don't script this, folks, so we don't know what the other person's going to say, and sometimes we're kind of blindsided. But today, it's like we're in sync because that is a perfect example. This woman writes, says what she needs, why she thinks it should happen. So in other words, I would like to have something given to me without expectation of my returning anything in kind. And this is why. Right. Now you're faced with a challenge, you know. Good for you, Bob. Good for yeah. you that she... Do we laugh? You know, and, and, and emails went around, you know, talking about, oh, wow, and... Yeah. I can see where I can see where people would be questioning, but you know, like I said, I, I'm used to people questioning whether I'm even real, <laughs> you know, all the time, all the time. Literally, I had one time when I was new to a law firm, the senior partner took me out to lunch with a whole bunch of people, and he says, 
I didn't know what to do. And you know what? I, I, t- I didn't know what to do. Let me just tell you what happened. We're all sitting there, and the waitress was very kind and, and just thoughtful and very attendant, the kind of conduct that I like to see in people. And I was thinking, wow, she should get a great, uh, a great uh, tip. And the boss said, I don't like that kind of fakey kindness. And he turned and looked at me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Because I'm not going to change who I am. I have a good legal mind, folks. I'm not, uh, I'm not by any means on the short end of the stick in terms of being a lawyer. I understand the law, but I also understand people. And that's why I give guidance on human resource issues. And here I'm being told to not be that sicky kind of kindness. Don't you think that's what he was telling me about? He seized the opportunity with the waitress and then gave me the message. Hello? Hello? Am I back on the air? <laughs> Are you there, Mara? Seems like we lost all connection to the outside world here. I'm trying to set it back up, folks. Let's see what happens. Okay, I believe I've got Mara back now, and I'm back. You do. You do. So I don't know where oh I was God. at. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't know if you heard my story. <laughs> talking to and finally I realized I was like hmm she made no comment about the funny (laughs) yeah no here I am disconnected I I go Bob Bob this is so funny folks you know what it makes us laugh you know we really love talking to all of you and and we love doing this and we envision being able to do this on a grand scale just because we're regular people just like you guys. We don't we don't profess to be saints. I am not Mother Teresa. Let me tell you that straight up. And and Bob is not Columbus. What is that guy? What is that symbol that you wear for traveling uh Saint somebody right? Saint Christopher. That's it, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm not a Catholic, so Bob isn't St. Christopher either, but, you know, we're human beings, and we go through these life issues, all of us, and, and we know how tough it is to take the high road at times, and sometimes we don't take it. It's hard to take the high road. It's yeah. hard. I think you had a great definition that you read to me this morning that of, uh, yeah. of compassion. I do. It's wonderful. I got it. It's a Webster, okay? It says that this is a 14th century term, Middle English from Anglo-French or Late Latin. And it means sympathetic, sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Isn't that right. wonderful? I also have a passage from Yogananda. Okay, there I go with Yogananda. Yogananda is my master, folks. I mean, he truly, truly is. And to me, the wisdom that the man was bringing to the United States in the 1920s. Do you know this man packed auditoriums in the 1920s in the United States? And he spoke with a very heavy Indian accent. So don't give me that stuff about how you can't understand what someone in India is saying when you're talking to them. Then maybe we need to have more compassion and try to understand, try to listen with all of our being, not with our judgments. This man packed, packed concert halls, packed auditoriums 
in the 1920s. And here's what he said. Compassion toward all beings, daya, D-A-Y-A, is necessary for divine realization. For God himself is overflowing with this quality. Those with a tender heart can put themselves in the place of others, feel their suffering, and trying to alleviate it. By daya, the law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, and the stern exactment of karma are modified. If the Lord did not show mercy and give special amnesties and divine paroles from sin, his erring children would suffer indefinitely, life after weary life. Provided a man tries by self-discipline to remove the mountainous load of his past errors, God comes to his rescue. God's there, folks. God's there. I am enough. You are special. Everyone out there is special to God. Wow, is that possible? Then we have to start having categories of specialness. We don't need categories. Just be enough. We have way too many categories, way too many expectations on people. Yeah, the, we do. We think of compassion also, I think, is that another key word used in, in, in many sacred texts if, is the word mercy. It's yeah. very intrinsically tied together when we talk about compassion. There was a, a rabbinical sage his name was Nahum of Gamzu, and no matter what anyone would say, he got his name from this uh, motto of his that he had, and it didn't matter what anyone was telling him, whether it was something good, something bad, something indifferent, something that would bring fame or bring misfortune. His answer was always, this, too, is for the good. And, wow, to be able just to say that about everything, and I know... That would be tough, but we should we should all try that, you know, anything. Because there's a lesson in it. There really is. There's a lesson in everything. In this, there is. This, this sage, Nahum of Gamsu, he uh, was on a trip, and he has had three donkeys with him. This is from the Talmud. And the donkeys were had tons of food and water and other things, you know, for the house or what have you. And... He was taking a trip to visit his family, I believe, and a poor person along the road came up and asked him for some food. The poor person was dying, and Nahum told him, yeah, let me get the donkey unpacked, and you know, when I, once I get done, I'll give you something to eat. And he went back to give the man something to eat, and the man had died in between times. And Nahum said, May my eyes, which had no pity on your eyes, become blind. My hands be cut off. My legs be amputated. My whole body be covered with boils. And later on in the life of Nahum, he became blind. And his limbs ended up being amputated. And to that, he always said, this, too, is for the good. Talk about compassion or just beautiful, beautiful story and telling us how we need to not just think about compassion but to act upon it. Act upon compassion and don't, don't wait and think about it. And, it. and it ties in very well with a quote that I have from uh, Thomas Aquinas. And he says, I would rather feel compassion than know the meaning of it. And I think those two, that's the perfect follow-up to the story of uh, Gamsu, that don't wait to be compassionate. Do it. Don't. It, it, it's a practice. It's a, it's a verb, like I said last week about meditation or about uh, doing good. It's a verb. It's not sitting around thinking about it. It's doing it. Take action, folks. 
Yeah. And I, and I invite listeners to call in. We've got about 10 minutes left. And the call-in number is 646-595-3584. And try more than once because we've seen that. That's how I'm on the show. And it's having a little problem today. So keep trying if you if you're you want to speak. We really want to hear what you have to say. You know, Yogananda's uh, quote was rather long. Uh, he, he talked about, he said something, though, that I found really interesting. He said, the human father, if he is wholly guided by the masculine principle of reason, will judge his son's fault according to the law. But the mother, filled with the tenderness of feminine feeling, is a symbol of divine compassion. She will forgive the son even if he is a murderer. Devotees find profuse remissions of sin in worshiping God as the ever-merciful divine mother instead of the mathematically-minded divine judge who dispenses justice through karmic law. So it's how you think about it, folks. It's how you think about it. And we're really inviting you, not only today, but every time. You'll find our topics are very common. They have common threads. Because they're all about believing you are enough. You are loved by love, God. You are loved. God is love. Not judgment, but love. And then inviting you to take that belief and now treat others respectfully. That's right. Not only there's in a, in a popular um, hadith from, and a hadith is, for those of you who don't know, is um, a tradition or, or, a thing, or it's a collection of teachings of Muhammad. It's not the Quran, but it's there are the teachings of Muhammad, things that he has, has that he said while he was alive. And the Prophet was talking to some of his followers and he rebuked them for failing to show compassion. And, you know, the people are like, What do you mean? We we show compassion. We show compassion to our wives, our children, our relatives, you know, those people that are close to us and the Prophet you know, rebuked them and said, it is not this to which I refer. I am speaking of universal mercy. So, you know, it's, it's not enough, he says, to be, to show compassion just to those that you love, those that are around you, to your, to your spouses and partners, your children, your, your family. It's not enough. You need to show compassion, universal compassion passion to everyone, to everything, including animals and plants, everything that has life. Yeah, what a nouveau idea. That kind of takes uh, hurt not the heavens nor the earth to a whole different plane, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, like, ouch, I saw yesterday on the Internet this uh, thing that said there isn't any part of our planet that hasn't been affected by man's civilization. Wow. We are, are we showing compassion to our planet? Are you recycling? Are you, uh, are you conscientious about how much you eat? Are you, plant, are you planting a garden? Are you, crea- are you creating your own food? I guess it is. You are creating your own food, in fact. Strange way to look at it. The by you know plant a couple uh, tomato plants. If you have kids, my goodness, they love to see that seed open up and watch you know the plant come up. Teach them about plants and teach them you know a little more than what they do at school. It's our it's our responsibility to do that for our children and to teach our children to be environmentally aware and to teach them about the earth and being green and which are the big you know hoopla words that we hear these days, but I think it is our responsibility to be compassionate to the earth, be compassionate to to Mother Nature for putting the things here and, and, and to put stuff back 
Exactly. Can you still hear me? I can. Good. I feel like it's disconnected again. Uh, exactly. And and how about folks? Maybe we need to figure out a way to get some of this excess food. Maybe we need to eat a little less. And we need to get some of the food that we're not eating to the people who don't have any food. Come back. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. You know, get moving food. You know, my mom used to th say, think of the starving kids in China. I think that was like a saying, you know, the parents would say to their kids. I said that to my girls, and they said, well, send it to them. And you know what? I thought that was a joke, but maybe it's not. Have we figured out, and maybe it's not kids in China anymore, but it's kids in Darfur. There are people who are hungry in our world, and we have such largesse. We have so much. You know, as I was, you, you hit upon something that I, I was reading about, you know, the, in, in some of the Hadith or even in the Quran, that there's a lot of talk about taking care of the planet taking care of animals, taking care of the, the, the earth and not using things that we don't need. And it, even one of the verses says, use a very sharp knife to kill the animal because we don't want it to have suffer. Don't use a, a dull knife. So there's a lot of things in the Quran and, and very much so in Judaism too around food and around keeping our planet healthy and showing compassion for our planet. And I think that our neglect of doing that is the reason that there is famine and there is hunger because we've neglected to show that compassion about around our, our planet, around Mother Nature, so to speak. Yeah, and you know what? Right, the fool, I, Mother I'm sorry? I, said, I was just thinking of an old commercial and I said, we've tried to fool Mother Nature. Yeah, that was a great commercial. And you know what, folks? I will tell you, I've never really been much of a reality TV, but with a writer's strike, I guess that's what it was, you know, you kind of start to, if you're spending any time at all, and I'm a, I'm a listener of TV. I'm not generally a watcher. I will tell you, I'm usually doing something else. I was brought up by that. My mom does the same thing, I noticed, this weekend. But what's amazing is they have a show called The Biggest Losers, and these are people who are feeling their love needs with food. My gosh, folks, that's what we're about. We're about a revolution of loving everybody. Tall, thin, short, fat. Forget those words. Forget those judgments. Loving the human spirit. And if we can start loving, then we'll start having more food because we will not have the need to eat to feel loved. We can start sharing with others, not because it makes us superior, but because they deserve it. They're special. They're part of God's children. They have divinity within them, the same divine genes as you have within you. We all have an equal spirit. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some people may have more things, and that will always be the case. Because there's going to be those people out there who are just working themselves to the bone. I know that personality. I admit, I admit, workaholic, workaholic. I admit it too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, folks? doesn't make us any better. Things do not make us better. No, they don't. Well, it looks like we're coming up on our last minute here, and we've had no calls. We're looking to have some speakers. We had uh, Deborah, which was lovely. We've invited, each one of us have invited people that we know. And in March, we're going to have at least one speaker, maybe two. And uh, we're also going to um, have speakers from that point forward. If any of our listeners are interested, please let us know that you would like to talk on a topic. We try to have rather broad topics. And also, please, please, my friends, please, tell others if you like the program so that we can get the message out, remembering that we are all missionaries of love, not judgment, love. You are enough, 
And I don't think you can ever say that too often. I'm going to let Bob finish the program, sending you my love. Asa, peace be with you, and namaste, my friends. Remember as we go out there this week to show gratitude. Show gratitude to those around you. Show gratitude to to the earth. Thank the grass for being green. Thank Thank the heavens when the rain pours down, even though you don't feel like walking the dog in the rain. You may, we need the rain. Thank God for the wind. I remember a story where, I don't think I have time, but where the wind was neglected. We have to remember to thank the wind. We need the wind. We need the rain. We need everything. And thank the universe for all of those things happening. Go out there and be grateful this week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.